Hello, ladies. Hello, gentlemen. Today is a very special day in Brodo. Today is a day that we get to celebrate the Jets. And not only do we get to celebrate the Jets, we get to talk about the fantasy fantasy draft. Exclusive to Brodo, it's our favorite thing. We do a draft as if fantasy is the only thing that matters. There is no reality. There is only fantasy. It's the fantasy fantasy draft. And it's going on right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes, yes, it is so nice to be with my guy, my yeah. brother, the man, the myth, the legend, Michael. What's good, bro? What up, Tim? I'm a happy boy today. I'm a happy man. Yes. In case you have no idea what I'm talking about, and you've been literally living under a rock in the darkness. Hint, hint, hint. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, four-time MVP, Super Bowl champion, darkness retreat enthusiast, ayahuasca taker, immunized guy. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is a new... Aaron Rodgers. Jet, Michael, how are you feeling, man? It's uh, it's been a long time coming for us to have a quarterback of this caliber, even if he is on the back end of his career. Uh, the last time we had a quarterback of this character, we traded um for a Green Bay Packers caliber, quarterback in the fifteenth years. What did I say? You said character. Oh, caliber. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, better. Yeah, I don't we think it's. I don't think it's really comparable. Aaron Rodgers is better than Brett Favre. Oh boy, Michael, with it with the hot take to start, Michael. It's tell not me a hot bo- take. How do you feel about anyone this, with How any football sense knows Aaron Rodgers better than by far? But Tim, after all the times I got heated and said it was a foregone conclusion and Aaron Rodgers was a jet and everyone's just making shit up and I gave it a ninety nine point nine percent chance of happening, it's finally happened. All the times that uh, you were like, "Are you sure? I don't want to get my hopes up." And Matt was a little less, um, you know, less, you know, I'm blanking on the word. But either way, I was very confident. That's what the word was, confident. And Aaron Rodgers ending up as a Jet, um, it was a foregone conclusion. And now, look, a lot of people are saying they think it was too much compensation. Um, let's talk about that. So before yeah. we get into the com- conversation, let's go over it. So the Jets obviously get Aaron Rodgers. If you don't know, by the way, Aaron Rodgers' cap hit this year is going to be $16 million. So they're paying him like 50 but he's only counting against the cap 16 So uh, honestly, besides that, Woody Johnson – Look, the guy just made like $7 billion on vaccines and sells Q-tips at the Wazoo. He could afford it. So, but for the Jets. Uh, Wazoo. It's, yeah, it's it's $16 million. And so the trade terms, the Jets, they acquire Aaron Rodgers, obviously, the main chip of the trade. And they move back two spots from the number 13 pick to the number 15 pick. They pick swap with the Packers. They also get a fifth round pick, uh, number 170. All right. Yep. In exchange... The Packers are going to receive a the, the 13th pick that I told you about, a 2023 second-round pick, number 42, which I believe is the pick. The Elijah Moore trade. trade. Yeah, they traded Elijah Moore for that trade. So basically, uh, well, they traded Elijah, Elijah Moore and a third-round pick uh, in that trade. So basically, if you're looking at the roster from last year, it's Elijah Moore and a third-round pick going the other way. Um, a 2023 sixth-round pick, number 207. And the I think the thing that 
is the key of the deal. Next season, the 2024 draft, they get a second round pick. That's a conditional second round, first round pick that if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of plays, then he will be, uh, he then it'll be a first round pick. So yeah. obviously it is a, a big trade package. It's not like the Jets gave up nothing. Um, obvi- and obviously we're Jets fans, so we might be a little biased here. Um, but Michael, who do you think won this trade? Never biased. Look, I think it was a, a decent deal for both teams. I just think the fact that people are like, there are a ton of people out there, like can't even go on Twitter right now without seeing a bunch of idiots saying the Jets got swindled and they had a, and it was a terrible trade for the Jets. It is, it's just the case of people being stuck in mediocrity. And it just blows my mind. All these fans, all these NFL uh, touts and fans and everybody are just so okay with their team being mediocre for so long. And it's just mind-boggling to me. The fact that the Jets traded for Aaron Rodgers, who was an MVP two years ago and played last season with a broken thumb for quite a bit of time and no supporting cast, like no legit supporting cast, definitely not the Jets' current supporting cast. I don't know where he's toast. I don't know where the Jets are dumb for trading a potential first-round pick next year. Like, also... First round picks aren't guaranteed hits, man. Like, what happens? The Jets draft uh, Quinton Copels. Like, it's it's a waste of a pick. Why? Why? Because I'm thinking about a, a Jets bust, like yeah, Quinton Copels. Like ten straight years of Jets busts. Yeah, bust, bust, bust. There's a bunch of teams that bust it with their picks every single year. That's what she said. So why are we talking about the, a first round pick as if it's guaranteed to be a star, especially? Now that we have Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, I said we, look, and now Vegas is predicting the Jets to be a top 10 team easily as well. Seventh, I believe, in Super Bowl odds. Like, this is not a team that is projected to have a top 15 pick. They're going to be an end of the first round, more than likely, type pick for Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So if you actually, in your heart, think this is a bad trade for the Jets, you clearly are just content with mediocrity from your favorite football team because the Jets have not been good for like 15 years. They finally got something going last year and made it look like, you know, we might just be a quarterback away for the first time in a long time. The Jets haven't had a 4,000-yard passer ever. Like, legitimately have not had a good quarterback ever besides Joe Namath probably. Hey, let's not remember, let's not forget the damage Chad Pennington used to do. But he was he an hurt. average quarterback before he, he got hurt. Average before he got hurt, he was above either average way, before he got hurt. Either way, like no one's looking back at the Rams trade for Matt Stafford and saying the Rams regret it. Like this isn't the Russell Wilson deal. We didn't trade multiple very good players and multiple first round picks. Like whatever, we're probably the Jets are probably going to lose a first round pick next year because Aaron Rodgers is likely to play 70 plus percent of the snaps or 65 plus percent of the snaps, which is a good thing because that's what the Jets want to begin with. If I, the Jets make the playoffs conference championship, win the Super Bowl, anything of that sort, it's a successful trade because that's what happens in the NFL. You try to win and the Jets clearly are trying to win. And anybody who thinks that's a bad idea is I question how they view NFL franchises. The Jets also are, are in a position where they just drafted four first-round picks. If you count Brees Hall, they just drafted four first-round picks last year. <laughs> like, yeah. they just had four first-round picks. So, you know, it's – look, this is the way I'm looking at it. At first, I thought the deal was if Aaron Rodgers plays 
65% of the snaps in 2024, then it's a first-round pick. No, That would have been an amazing deal if you're Joe Douglas and company. I think this is fair conversation. I'm not going to lie. It's 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 a little much, but here's how I look at it. You, you're getting Aaron Rodgers, so obviously you have to pay something. And, and a lot of people were talking about Green Bay not having leverage. And, you know, when it came to the leverage, it's tough because the more that time passed – the less leverage the Jets had, I feel like. I feel like eating the bullet and just, like, releasing Aaron Rodgers and letting him do whatever he wants was something, like, in in July is something that the Packers were uh, willing to do. And I think the Jets just had to had to pull the trigger at this point. He, he needs to pass a physical before the draft, which is another reason why it happened, like, two days before the draft. Uh, but I think, like Michael said, you got to go get your guy. And if it's a little too much to give up, it's a little too much to give up. You know, it's it's not as if you're giving up the next five draft classes. Uh, you knew a conditional second-round pick that can turn into a first-round pick was going to be involved in the deal in some way. Um, like, what's the what's the huge difference, right? If, if, if the Jets would have traded both of their twos this year, everyone would have been like, oh, my God, this is an amazing win for the Jets. And, and if, you know, if things go to go to plan... Um, then those twos are basically going to be only like, you know, 15, 20 picks apart, which, okay, you you take that for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think this, this there's a couple, there's one way that Aaron Rodgers can play 65% of the snaps and still the Jets would be effed. That would, ca- that would cause people to lose their jobs. I think if you have a situation like Brett Favre where the Jets are 8-3, and three, and Aaron Rodgers is balling, and then he hurts himself. And then he ends up playing just like just over 65% of the snaps. The Jets go on a losing streak at the end of the season. They don't make the playoffs, and they still got to give up the first-round pick. That's the only scenario that makes this a bad trade. But even in that scenario, the Jets would have been 8-3 with a healthy Aaron Rodgers showing that they were a very good team. I think the Injuries best case- happen. I mean, let's not just assume an injury or something. Dumb shit like that. Yeah, and and also I think I know I'm going to say this again. I'm you know no one else is saying it. I'm going to be the only one who's talking about it. I think this is going to do wonders for the career of Zach Wilson. I think it, it, I think that like if Zach Wilson shows some progression uh, in practice and stuff, like it's there's there's something to be said about Aaron Rodgers being his guy. Like they, I don't know if he went back to his rookie year. I don't know if you remember, but. They were talking about how Zach Wilson idolized Rodgers and they were talking and they got each other's phone numbers and he was learning a lot from Rodgers. Now he gets and, and, and Rodgers was talking a lot of praise for Zach Wilson. Now what you have is, you know, the same like them they're two in the same locker room. And Zach Wilson, it's it's behind the ears. I mean, it's 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 in between the ears. It's not physical. Like he's got all the physical traits you need. And there's no one better at doing Four-yard pass, four-yard pass, four-yard pass, four-yard pass, 55-yard pass, four-yard pass, four-yard pass, dump off, four-yard pass, then Aaron Rodgers is. So I think learning under a guy like that could could do wonders for Zach Wilson. And, like, I, I think that's something that needs to be added, right? Because if you revive the career of Zach Wilson, then not only are you getting Aaron Rodgers, but you're getting at least a decent quarterback as, as long as you can stretch that out. So I think it's worth the first round pick at ultimately uh, to get this done in a timely fashion, to get this, to get Aaron Rodgers in the building with his teammates who are all changing their profile pictures to him at Cal for whatever reason. Um, I think it's maybe because he's wearing eight at Cal. I don't, I don't know. He's, he's going to be wearing eight oh, 
by the way, if you didn't know, his, his old college number, um, not taking the Joe Namath route. So he's not going to be 12 no more. He's going to be eight, uh, which is which is kind of strange because his nickname for the Packers was 12. Maybe that's why, like, uh, maybe that's why he didn't do it. Maybe he's just leaving that chapter in the past. He seems like that kind well, of Tim, thing. are you ready to uh, add Aaron Rodgers to the list of, um, you know, Manning, Brady, and Stafford as veteran quarterbacks traded to winning a Super Bowl? Stop I know it. I am. Stop it, bro. You're going to make me. You're going to make. Uh, uh. All right. We're going to have to take a break. <laughs> Honestly, wild. that was wild, kid. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what every Jet fan is doing secretly right now. We're thinking about that because it's a real thing. Like, it's like, no, oh, it's this definitely never, not, not this, a possibility. This never works. Right. The people never get get a new uh get quarterbacks never get traded and then go to a new system and then go to a new situation and then win the Super Bowl. That never happens. Wrong. It's happened many times before. And it's it's all happened with guys that are on the caliber of Aaron Rodgers or better. Yep. I would I would argue well Stafford's not on that level. No. But you're right. All right. So Michael, I have a question for you. Prime this could this could go long, but it's all right. Prime of their career, top of their game, at tippy top of their game. Are you taking Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers? Probably Peyton Manning, but I mean they're both like some of the best to ever do it. So it's 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 nitpicking. Yeah, you'd gladly take either of them as your franchise quarterback. I and Peyton Manning. If you guys, if you're a little young and you don't remember watching Peyton, Peyton Manning when he had his Peyton arm Manning thing before he like blew out his neck and blew out his arm. Man, that guy was a absolute monster, just a yeah. technician. All right, bro. All right. So that's the Aaron Rodgers news. Aaron Rodgers officially the Jets quarterback uh, at this moment. Uh, but the big the biggest the biggest usual news around this time of year is that the NFL draft is coming. And, you know, we have also that... Tim. Oh, no, here it also, is. You know, Michael, it wouldn't be an episode unless you cut off yes. a transition of mine. Let's not forget, since we're talking about New York, the New York Knicks are currently up 3-1. This is why. This is what you did. You just cut me off in the middle of my transition to say, hey, guys, a team that 97% of listeners – actually, we have a big New York audience. 88% of listeners don't care about at all um, in a completely different sport. Let's update you on how they're doing. That's what the people want, Tim. That's what, that's what the people, if the people were named Michael Petropoulos. I don't even remember where I was at. Anyway, the fantasy – the draft – um, the draft, one of my favorite, like, uh, it's like drama. I love yeah, watching the draft. There's some people who don't like it. There's some people who do, but and, and, oh, here we go. Maybe so a we, little too slow, but so what we've been doing the last few weeks is we've been reviewing previous drafts. And the reason we've been doing that is because we got Matt Ward, the dynasty Don. If you're, if you're subscribed to this channel, you know that he comes out with that episode every week and he has been absolutely killing it with his scouting reports. And to be honest, we get our information from Matt, <laughs> you know, uh, for the most part, obviously we do for, our own research. Obviously yeah, we do our own research. And rookies, he's the lead guy there. For right. Sure. But since Matt joined the team, like his way of looking at rookies, it has been proven to be correct. And he's kind of like, that's that's definitely rubbed off on us. And that's how we kind of evaluate rookies the same way he evaluates rookies. So you've been getting that information. And now uh, we get a chance to talk about these rookies a little bit. And we're going to do it in a very special way. We're doing the fantasy Ooh. fantasy draft. So we're imagining a fantasy land where fantasy football only matters. 
teams, GMs, the only thing they care about is scoring the most fantasy points for their fantasy teams. They do not give a shit about winning or losing or anything. They're just trying to build the best quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end group possible, right? So what we did was we imagined that, and we are going to play that out, but we're not going to do it like the regular draft because the regular draft is not fantasy, Michael. It's real, and we're not interested in real around here for this exercise. This whole thing is real. We've redone the draft order, and the draft order only goes from least amount of points scored last season. All right, so if you scored the least amount of points, least amount of fantasy points, you are in this. So let's let's take a look at the order. Leading off, we got the Denver Broncos, who had a shit show of a season last year. Number two pick, the Indianapolis Colts, not too far off from their real pick. Number three, the Houston Texans, who drop a, a spot uh, after that. Number four, uh, the New York Jets, who just got themselves Aaron Rodgers. Number five, the Tennessee Titans, who might be one of the teams on Sunday. I mean, on uh, Friday, Thursday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at uh, Thursday that on draft day, just say draft surprises day. everybody. Um, you got the Rams after that, then the Steelers, the Bucks, the Commanders, the Bears, and the Saints. The top twelve and the Cardinals. Oh, and the Cardinals. Sorry, that is the top twelve least scoring teams in the league. That is the order that we are going to be drafting in because this is the fantasy fantasy draft, and it does not, it doesn't, it's not real. None of this is real, but our scattering ports and these guys are real. So I'm really excited to share uh, my thoughts on these guys because I haven't had a chance to do that yet. Yeah, I can't wait to yell at you because I'm oh. going to do some yelling. Yeah, I mean, Michael's going to yell at me. for He already yelled at me when we were drafting the teams. Like I, The listeners will see it. We'll see why. I mean, I'm going to prove you wrong, though. You know that, right? Like, like Literally 0% chance. I, I'm, I'm waiting for this, for this like, uh, sparring match. I'm ready for it. You you think you got me, but I know all your moves. I'm ready. You really I'm got ready. me now. You're Ryan Garcia, and I'm the cocky guy who talks a lot. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I didn't watch the fight. Yeah, Not a big boxing guy. Or UFC or whatever it was. No, it was boxing. <laughs> okay. It was boxing. Yeah, Michael, not not really into the hand sports, huh? You you like you like field sports, team sports. Team sports. All right. So I have the first overall pick, so let's get started. The draft. Begins now with the Denver Broncos. On the clock. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasy Draft, the 2023 Fantasy Fantasy Draft. With the first pick in the 2023 Brodo Fantasy Fantasy Draft, the Denver Broncos select quarterback Anthony Richardson, Florida. Yeah. All right. So the reason why, and again, you have to play by the rules. You're going to enter fantasy land. If you're going to enter a Monopoly board, you got to play Monopoly. You got to pass go. You know what I'm saying? And I'm passing go here, and I am taking Anthony Richardson for a whole boatload of reasons. Not not any – the biggest reason is because he's obviously a dual threat. Um, last year, uh, 600 yards and nine TDs on the ground. He also had 9.9 .9 air yards per attempt. So he's a guy – who took chances downfield. Uh, he's a dual threat. And the problem with him that I see is that he's just not developed like that. So you got Russell Wilson on the team. You can develop him behind Russell Wilson. And then you have a fantasy beast coming who 
I'll, I'll get to I'll get to the second part in, in a second. Well, no, actually, I'll tell you right now who Sean Payton's coming in. And you might be familiar with a quarterback that Sean Payton used to have fantasy success, even as Drew Brees was a starter. His name, Taysom Hill. Anthony Richardson is like Taysom Hill on juice. He's like he's like the Hulk version of Taysom Hill. Right. So that adds to my fantasy value. Uh, obviously, there are some problems with Anthony Richardson. Now, he struggles with his accuracy. Uh, he, In terms of all accuracy stats, in terms of uh, big conference schools, he was in the bottom half of every single stat. Um, and I think the most cons- the most concerning thing for me with him is I'm not saying he's Malik Willis. All right. Malik Willis going to Liberty and going to Florida, two very different things. But one of the big knocks on Malik Willis last year was he didn't put together a whole tape. I mean, a whole game where you were like, whoa, wow. Um, and I think that Anthony Richardson fits that too. Now, he has had two really giant stack games. Uh, last year versus Tennessee, who was the 11th ranked team at the time, he had 453 yards in the air with two TDs and an interception, 62 rushing yards and uh, 62 rushing yards and two rushing TDs. Versus Vanderbilt later in the year, 400 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception through the air, 25 yards on the ground. The problem is, with, while the stats look good in these games, in both of these games, he was under a 60% completion percentage. And you could tell when you watch him play that he's not running a pro-style offense. It's always fake, fake, first read. If it's not there, go. Fake, fake, first read. If it's not there, go. Every once in a while, he'll come out of the shotgun, take a step back, scan the field. But usually, his scanning of the field uh, happens as a decoy of he's about to run. And, you know, when you have a guy like that, it's it's always you're banking on the upside. And it should be noted that he's probably the most athletic quarterback to ever test at the combine. And when you watch him play, he has some Jalen Hurts in him. Like he he kind of looks like Jalen Hurts when he plays. He kind of runs with that. You know how Hurts runs with his very strong lower body? He runs whereas like... He looks like a he looks like Groot when he's running. It's just like the tree trunks are just bong, bong, bong. Anthony Richardson has some of that in him. He's more of a like he has speed, but I wouldn't call him the quickest guy I've ever seen running the ball. And he's he but he's smart when he's running. He even has like a delivery like Jalen Hurts. Like he kind of throws in the same style that Jalen Hurts does. So you can see a world where he is Jalen Hurts. Um, but if you're talking a guy who is the best athlete that's ever tested at the combine you're talking about a guy with a crazy cannon at the quarterback position at the quarterback position even to arguably at any position his combine stats were absolutely ridiculous um it's it just goes you have to take the chance if you're in a fantasy fantasy world on this guy because if he does pan out he is the number one fantasy asset in the league uh jalen hurts primetime Lamar Jackson style. So that's why the Denver Broncos are going with Anthony Richardson as the first QB off the board. And and may, may not work out this year, but in the future it will. And until then, uh, he could be Taysom Hill. What yeah, I mean, doing? I like the... Uh, I like what do you think Michael Kuyper Jr.? I like the huge upside shot here. <laughs> but uh, that was a terrible Mel Kuyper. Well, see, Michael, he, got, he has good upside here and good upside there. Everywhere around, sound, but Old McDonald had a farm. You sound like Jerry Seinfeld, not Mel Kiper. 
But anywho, yeah, I like the ups, high upside pick and to sit behind Russell Wilson for fantasy, though. You know, you typically want that immediate success. So I'm not the biggest fan of the sit behind as the number one overall pick. But I guess if it's a dynasty fantasy fantasy draft, it makes more sense. But, you know, Tim, Tim likes to play with the rules. So, hey, look, I'm we're looking if we're doing just like a one year thing. I'm still going Anthony Richardson and I'm sitting Russ. He stuck last year. That's a little. That's that's. Come on now. It's fantasy, fantasy, man. Let's have some fantasies. Russell Wilson was a terrible fantasy quarterback last year. He was like, okay. okay. What did he finish? Like QB twenty eight. I mean, like in fantasy, he's getting benched. If this was if this was not real life and it didn't matter about the Super Bowls, he's getting benched. All right. Anyway, uh, looks like the Indianapolis Colts are on the clock. So, Michael, uh, why don't you and the Colts Uh conglomerate announce the pick? With the second pick in the 2023 fantasy fantasy draft, the Indianapolis Colts select quarterback Bryce Young, Alabama. Ah, yeah, look, Tim, I know, uh, I know you just said a lot about Anthony Richardson. Um, Bryce Young is way more straightforward. The dude is a Alabama product, plays in a, as we know, a NFL pro level type offense, and he dominated. I mean, he won the Heisman Trophy a couple of years ago with uh, 47 touchdown passes and seven interceptions. And this past year only played in 12 games, but still 32 touchdowns, five interceptions led Alabama to, I mean, kind of a disappointing season on Alabama standards, but another big season for Alabama. The size is of concern. Of course, um, he's just five ten. originally like these collegiate sites and such had him at like six foot, and then he measured in a 5'10 at the combine, which is never a good thing for someone to measure in at that size at the QB position. Like we've seen QBs have success at that size, kind of like Russell Wilson. Um, but then you get guys like Kyler Murray, who, yes, he's a dual threat type of guy and he's shown some upside, but he is not proven to be like a highly, like a super highly rated um, NFL passer up until this point. So the size is certainly a bit of a a bit of an issue here, but if he was able to go to the Colts, I mean, I feel like the Colts would absolutely love to have Bryce young in this year's draft. If he were to fall to them, um, which is unlikely, but yeah, I mean, he's a, in the most NFL ready QB, as they say every single year with one of these guys, and he would go to a team that can rely on the running back in Jonathan Taylor to help out. um, If he's having a rough game or if he needs to get the pressure off of him. And then he's able to throw to Michael Pittman, who, Sure, Michael Pittman's not like a top 10 wide receiver in the league, but he's a very good wide receiver. And Alec Pierce, who's a third round pick last year, didn't, you know, didn't go crazy last season, but still had a very nice um, rookie season for a third round pick and showed enough to showed enough that the Colts may view him as a potential wide receiver too this coming season. So, yeah, I think Bryce Young would make by far the most sense for the Colts here. All right, Bryce Young going. Man, I was a, a very nervous about Bryce Young. I'm not going to lie. And then something, a stat came out that I was very, it made me think differently about, about Bryce Young. And it was Todd McShay mentioned it. And the stat he mentioned is, Hey, Todd. When, when, you, when you look at passes batted down at the line for these guys, of all the quarterbacks you just mentioned, Particularly like guys like Drew Brees, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson. 
Bryce Young also has only had in his entire career two passes batted down the line. Total. That's good. That's less than Russell Wilson with three. And when you're talking about a guy like Baker Mayfield, too, is in that mix. He's a, he's a, he's a short king. You're talking about a, a guy like uh, Kyler Murray, like I said, these guys. They had way more passes. And it, particularly Baker Mayfield, that's been a huge issue for him. Uh, he has two or three per game. So when you're talking about a guy who – now, it is there is something to be said. When you play in the SEC, you're playing against grown-ass men. Um, but it's still not the NFL. Uh, the SEC is as, as as close as you're going to get, but it's not the NFL. So just because he's throwing it over the heads of those college kids doesn't mean he's going to throw it over the heads of these absolute animals in the NFL. But with that being said, I think it's fair to say that Bryce Young does have a better shot than the rest of these guys. I, I, I do think that. All right. So the Colts get their quarterback. The Broncos get their quarterback, which means the Houston Texans are on the clock. Dun-dun-dun. All right. I'm from Houston. This is my Houston accent. Uh, I'm sorry if it's real bad, but I will say this. The Texans, what do you need if you're a Texan? You need that hot rifle. Because them hogs, when they come out, you got to get them right between the eyes with that rifle. And there's only one quarterback in this year's draft has deadly accuracy. He's falling out of favor right now. But that don't matter to me. This is fan to say. And who does this fan want to say? With the third pick in the fantasy fantasy draft, the Houston Texans select C.J. Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State. All right, Michael. So C.J. Stroud, yeah. I mean, this was, this is like, I think at this point, a hot take. Uh, when we posted a graphic on our Instagram at Broto Fantasy, by the way, shout out to to Broto Fantasy. Uh, check that out. Um, when we did the, uh, where where was I? Yeah, I, 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 I went. We, into, we put up a graphic about CJ Stroud or something. There you go. Yeah, we put up a stra- graphic, and CJ Stroud was uh, minus three fifty, heavy favorite to be the number one overall pick. Now, fast forward later, I think it's plus three fifty. And on top of that, there's a guy on Reddit that said Will Levis was telling people he's going number one overall. So now everyone's like, oh, my God, Will Levis. If he Hysterical. gets picked number one overall, then Bryce Young goes next, and then C.J. Stroud might have to wait until, like, 11. Will Levis dropped from, like, plus 4,000 as a number one pick to, like, plus 400 in, like, an hour after the random Reddit guy who apparently knows Will Levis said he's being picked number one. Bro, that is straight up... People in 2023. Vegas. That's 2023 that's in a nutshell. That's people in Vegas being very smart and baiting people to bet on that. It's like four plus 400 is just enough where Vegas, if they take oh. the L, won't struggle. But it's Bro, just if they get a- caught, that's manipulating the market. That's like illegal. That they're not doing that just because just for Will Levis to make an extra. Yeah, thousand it's illegal. Nothing illegal has ever happened. All right. So let me get into CJ Stroud. Now I will say this as the Texans, as the Texans ownership and GM, Bijan Robinson was in contention here. All right. I was thinking about Bijan. Uh, but I ended up going with the quarterback because we need to feed everyone on this offense. So we're going with Stroud. The thing I like the most about Stroud is that he showed up big in the biggest games. Uh in in the bowl games, in the championship games, 
he was at his best. And I think there really is something to be said about that, uh, especially because when you see him in regular games, deadly accurate. The guy had now he has, you know, he had a few bad games, but still deadly accurate. The accuracy really pops when you watch him. He has a great he has great touch on the ball. I, I really like when when I really got into like at least seeing some of these guys play, not just the numbers, not just the because it's important to know all three. You need to know the numbers. You need to know the scouting report and you need to know how he looks. You know, I think one thing that we don't evaluate in quarterbacks, which is a mistake, is delivery. You know, like one of the reasons why I didn't want I wouldn't have drafted Jared Goff number one overall is because of his delivery. I just think like you see him deliver the ball and it's just like I don't I'm not with that. And you hear it all the time in in baseball, like a pitcher's delivery. Like you could tell when it's just off and you could tell when he's not getting the most out of it. So he's got a good delivery. Uh, he's got great touch on the ball. Now, here's the problem why his stock has been falling so much. It's this S2 score. That people are raving about. Um, apparently, this is a test that tests QB's cognitive abilities, and he's his scores were absolutely abysmal. Um, some people say it doesn't matter. Some people say it don't. But as Matt, so then some people are also saying that it was like not even true. It was like leaked or something. Yeah. So I mean, it was leaked. These are leaked scores. The S two score, well, like a fake leak or something. Who knows? Yeah, but that you need to know where that's coming from, though. You, you that's coming from the company itself that does the S two score. They're saying no, there's nothing to it. There's fake. I don't know how much you can believe the company that just got stolen. That they're not real. But anyway, it depends on who you believe. Um, but honestly, it doesn't really matter who you believe because, as Matt so eloquently put it in a tweet, way bigger than I'm going to say it. Uh, the only thing that matters is if, is if NFL teams think it matters. That's the only thing that matters. Uh, so right now his stock is plummeting. Will Levis's stock is rising, and but that doesn't take keep me away from taking C.J. Stroud. I think he has the most potential as a pocket passer uh, in this top three quarterbacks, and I I just I think he's going to be a good player. Give me some C.J. Stroud in the area, Nitro style. Bang bang. Yeah, it makes sense. The Houston Texans certainly need quarterback help and cj stroud is arguably the best available qb there so no complaints from me kid all right joe douglas you just made a trade today and you're on the board number four pick belongs to the new york jets take it away with the fourth pick in the fantasy fantasy draft the new york rogers i mean the new york jets select wide receiver jackson smith najigba this is the one so far that I feel like, I, I mean, I don't know if the Jets are going to draft wide receiver, but the way people are talking about the wide receivers, this may end up actually like the Jets may have a chance to draft Smith and Jigba at pick 15. But with that being said, look, Jackson Smith and Jigba, if you're not tired of hearing this yet, um, had an absolutely monster season. I feel like Jackson Smith and Jigba has been by far the most talked about prospect of any prospect so far. Um, I feel, I feel like Bijan Robinson takes that crown. Well, that's because he's just been so good. I feel like JSN has been the most talked about in terms of like, will it pan out in the NFL? Because look, freshman year, he hardly played, right? Seven catches, excuse me, 10 catches, 49 yards. And then the huge sophomore season, 95 catches, 
1,606 yards and nine touchdowns his sophomore year, including a 15-catch, 347-yard, and three-touchdown performance to close out the season against Utah. This was with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave on the roster. The reason I like Jamar and, Chase— And Marvin Harrison Jr., just putting that out there. No, Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't really wasn't really playing yet. Yeah, but he was on the um, roster. Whatever, he wasn't playing yet. But he, he played over him. It was that, like that when matters. Jay, whatever. Jay Marvin Harrison was younger. That's this is just how it works. But either way, yeah, which JSN didn't play freshman year because these guys sit for a year typically. All right. Anywho, look, JSN, um, you made me forget what I was saying. Yeah, the reason I like Jamar Chase so much as a prospect was not only was he an absolute stud. But he dominated and performed better than Justin Jefferson while Justin Jefferson was on the field. And then we saw Justin Jefferson dominate immediately as a rookie in the NFL. JSN played and was more productive than both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who were both picked 10 and 11, respectively, this past season. And both showed that they are very, very good, possibly elite stars in this league moving forward. And that's the type of guy we're talking about here with JSN. The issue, of course, is the injuries, right? He only played in, he only had five catches for 43 yards this past year because he was dealing with injuries and basically wasn't able to be JSN in his junior year. And that's what makes him such a uh, a wild card. He's everything about JSN is going off of one ridiculously great season. Um, and that's what you're you're betting on. The, the Brodo comps. From top to bottom, C.D. Lamb, Jamison Williams, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, Elijah Moore. Wow. Because that's how good his sophomore season was. Um, he played a lot in the slot, which people are concerned about as well. But Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave both said JSN is better than they are. You always love to hear that type of stuff from uh, from stars in the league who played with these guys. Clearly, he was a good teammate as well. Um, so, look. JSN obviously there's a little bit of risk here because of the because of the injuries and some players we've seen several players really their their careers derail because of injury but hopefully he's young enough where that's not the case um still just 21 years old so Jackson Smith and Jigba going to the Jets to join Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard and guess what he would be able to play in the slot if he was traded to the Jets with Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard out wide so I if I was a Jets fan, I'd be I, as a Jets fan, I'd be pretty excited if this actually happened in real life. But for a fantasy fantasy draft, now getting to play with Aaron Rodgers too, it would be just it would be a lot of fun. I gotta say, I didn't really consider this. I I think the Jets are taking a tackle with their pick, but yeah, they may. I mean, thirteen. I think Broderick Jones would have been there for sure. Um, but I don't know if Broderick Jones is there at this point. If Broderick Jones is not there. Hmm. Get a little, a little crazy. JSN action with JSN in the slot. Get a little crazy. Release Corey Davis. And... Oh, hey, you don't no. even got to release Corey Davis. The, the Jets line got a lot better today, too. Connor McGovern resigned. Connor yeah, McGovern low, is a good player. Low key, nice little resigning. Yeah. He's, Connor, a, he's trustworthy a trustworthy fella. Yeah. Center. Very important. And now you have basically the same offensive line coming back next year, just healthier. And one thing Vera Tucker, Makai Becton. Right. Vera Tucker, Makai Becton, Dwayne Brown coming back. Dwayne Brown had a good season last year. Um, you have Lakin Tomlinson, who couldn't play better at guard. Uh, but you know, he's got a second year in the system now at guard. Um, it's not it's you know, it's not a bad O line, especially with Vera Tucker being so uh, 
uh, like you can move him anywhere. Uh, I, don't, I don't think people rem- remember how dominant a force Elijah Bevere Tucker was uh, last year. He it, he was so dominant that you know a, a offensive lineman is dominant when he starts getting buzzed. Like oh my god, this guy's playing amazing. Like everyone can see it. Um, that's definitely not a normal thing. So uh, if yeah, if Mackay Beckton can get his ass in, in check, uh, we have ourselves a situation. Uh, that's for sure. All right, let's go to the next pick. Tennessee. We're going to Tennessee. 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 All right. I don't know why I'm saying at this point. All right. With the fifth pick in the fantasy fantasy draft, the Tennessee Titans select running back Bijan Robinson, Texas. Yeah. Oh, I don't get no. None of that, Michael. All right. So the thinking is simple here. First of all, Bijan Robinson is probably the best player in the draft, in just in terms of who's the best football player. He's definitely the f- best fantasy player in the draft, even though he dropped to five in this draft. Well, the Tennessee Titans get him. And you might be thinking, hey, Tim, what about a little guy? I don't know if you heard of him. His name is Derrick Henry. What are we going to do with him? Well, it's time for a regime change. Uh, it's time now that you can move Derrick Henry. He's been linked to the Eagles, although that ended up being a fake um, report. But you can move Derrick Henry, and you can kill two birds with one stone if he goes to the Eagle. Ha ha. <laughs> um, right now on the Broto Fantasy app, Fantasy Football by Broto app, by the way, download that if you don't. It's completely free. Um, on, the com- on, on the completely free uh, Broto Fantasy Football app, uh, we have the comps here. Marshawn Lynch, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Brees Hall, and then the last comp is Duke Johnson. So I think there's a there's an outside chance that he's not one of the greatest running backs of all time. But all, uh, otherwise, he's with these guys, Bell, Elliott, and Brees Hall, both the dual threats uh, that you want to see out of him. And look, right now on the app as well, besides the comps, we also have the articles and we have great rookie profiles. If you want to know any more about these rookies, Matt Ward, our lead writer, the host of the Dynasty Don, he is the person that writes these, these basically everything you need to know about a player. We got the full article up on the, on the website right now. We got it up on the app right now. But here are some stats per Matt Ward. In his time in college, he, have, he averaged 4.1 yards. Not per carry. After contact per attempt. I want to say that again. 4.1 yards after contact. Not 4.1 yards total, which would be a pretty solid player. Um, Across three seasons at Texas, he generated a total of, are you ready for this, Michael? 2,370 total yards after contact. Holy shit. Um. He leads all draft eligible Joe running backs with 212 avoided tackles and a 162.2 elusive rating per PFF, which is elite. Uh, he also accumulated, uh, just in case he wasn't a good enough runner, he accumulated 13.7% of Texas's receiving touchdowns when he was 19. He is an overall insane player. Yep. Bijan Robinson, he's been talked about a lot. Bijan Mustard. He's the num- He's the one one. Uh, people knew he was. People have been talking about Bijan Robinson, um, Honey Bijan. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna trademark that. Honey Bijan Robinson. People have been talking about him for an entire year now. 
you know who he is, especially if you've been listening to Matt and the Dynasty Don. So I won't waste your time any longer. It's time for Tennessee to move into the new era, get rid of Derrick Henry and replace him with the next Saquon Barkley. And that is Mr. Bijan. Honey Bijan. Bijan Robinson. Tim, you've done uh, two of your three picks as handcuff types, unless you're assuming the Tennessee Titans would trade. I'm not assuming. I am the Titans GM. We're trading Derrick Henry. We're trading. Tim, you are an innovator, my friend. Right? We might trade back into the first round right now, actually. (laughs) Yo, Rams, you want a running back? Sure, sure. No, thank you. Oh, snap. Bitch. Rams on the clock. Ready? All right. Uh, Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> the Los Angeles 2023 fantasy fantasy draft with pick number what are we on here six the Los Angeles Rams select wide receiver Jordan Addison USC Ooh. of the remaining prospects here um, I thought Jordan Addison made the most sense for the Rams they still got Matt Stafford there they still got Cooper Cup there although we know Cooper Cup has dealt with injuries throughout his career and he got injured again last season. And Jordan Addison is a versatile guy. Um, he could play in the slot. He could play out wide. He's not the biggest um, or the strongest by any means. About 5'10", 170-ish pounds, which is not the uh, which is not ideal size per se. But he's still a uh, very um, a very good wide receiver who, with the player comps, there's some legit upside and then there's some real legit downside it's very interesting as player comps in order tim it's justin jefferson rondell moore jerry judy Corey coleman nelson aglor so you got some high high upside here with like a justin jefferson and you got some lows with like a Corey coleman um and nelson aglor and then a middle type guy with rondell moore jerry judy jordan addison oh, one of the concerns about jordan addison is that uh during his time at usa he started at pitt um he played well his freshman year. That's always something that's great to see. A lot of players don't even get on the field freshman year. During his freshman year, in 10 games, he put up 60 receptions, 666 yards, and four touchdowns. You guys remember when Michael yelled at me for suggesting that a that a freshman might play? I was going to say, but he was also at Pittsburgh. Not like JSN, who is at Pittsburgh. Ohio State. Yes. There's a reason he left Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh isn't a powerhouse school. But oh, word. They never have quarterbacks drafted in the top 20. And it was a terrible pick. Well, and now you got Jordan Addison. Um, his sophomore season, that's where the real breakout came. 100 receptions, 1,593 yards, 17 touchdowns. And that's when he transferred over to USC. Played in 11 games, 59 catches, 875 yards, and eight touchdowns. Clearly not as crazy as that second year, but he was playing with a, a, more, a, a, a more talented wide receiver room. Um, didn't have as big of a target share in USC, which is understandable. Not the most, like, I don't think he has the highest ceiling in the world, but he seems to be a, uh, a very good wide receiver overall. And when it comes to Los Angeles Rams, who just traded um, Allen Robinson, who is a scrub anyways. If you ask a typical fan to name one wide receiver on the team after Cooper cup, I guarantee you none of them will even know a name on that roster. They certainly could use wide receiver help. I know they're kind of in a quasi rebuilding type stage, but they still have Matt Stafford. And if they're able to get that offense going, they could maybe make some noise again this following season. So Jordan Addison to the Rams here. 
I like it. Uh, Immediate wide receiver two behind Cooper Cup. Also local, USC. There you go. Yeah, he gets to stay in uh in, stay in LA. California as well. Yeah. So I mean, pretty. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jordan Addison is a guy that he has all the numbers. He has all the production. He fits it, but he just like it just screams Nelson Aguilar to me. Like for I, I it's just interesting. It's it's his body type, the way he plays. Uh, I just. I don't know. I, I want to like him. I just can't get on board with him being an alpha. I mean, I don't, I don't, do I don't blame you, but we'll see. Would yeah. you be upset if he was like a a Jerry Judy? I I would. I think Jerry Judy is like overrated for who he is. I mean, Jerry Judy is. We'll see how he plays with an actual. But like as a first round, if he goes in the first round, I don't think I'd be happy with like a Jerry Judy type. Well, Jerry Judy went for like fifteenth overall. Yeah, I know. I'm saying if Jordan Addison goes in the first round, I'd want a better a better start to his career. All right. Speaking of starts to careers, that has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are next on the clock. And you know what? It's time for us to evaluate our roster. Let's see. We got Kenny Pickett. Um, we like Kenny Pickett. He's from Pittsburgh. Went to school in Pittsburgh. Um, had a had some highlights in his rookie season. Throws with a with a glove in his hand, which is always concerning. But hey, you know what? We're we're okay with it. Um, so we're gonna stick with that instead of going with a guy like Will Levis. And then on top of that, let's look at our wide receiver position. Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. We just spent high capital on him. It's a good one two combo. On top of that, we just got Allen Robinson. Michael's not a big fan <clears throat> fan of Allen Robinson. Who but- is? You know what? All right, so this is a good tight end class. Maybe we take a shot on a guy like Dalton Kincaid. But wait, we have Pat Fryermuth, right? So we don't want to do that. So where are we going to go? Because at running back, we got Najee Harris. But when I look at Najee Harris, there's an issue. So with the seventh pick in the fantasy fantasy draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select Jamar Gibbs. The running back from Alabama uh, to join his former Alabamian teammate. Well, I don't think they were teammates, but uh, alma mater sharers. Maybe they were teammates. I'm not sure. Um, But anyway, look, I just explained to you. I have all these things, and I have a workhorse back. But let's talk about Najee Harris for a second. In the last two seasons, he's already had a whopping 694 touches. That is following... A college career in which 718 touches happened over four years. 74% of those touches coming in his last two seasons in college. He's had three straight seasons, including college, with at least 300 touches. Look, I know he's big. I know he's strong. But we saw that he was inefficient. He got a little better last year, but still overall not as efficient as you would like to see. He needs help. Enter the best receiving back in the NFL. Jamar Gibbs, player comps. Maurice Jones-Drew, Felix Jones, Dexter Dexter McCluster, Carrion Johnson. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful guys. And also uh, Kyron Williams. A great great guys to be compared to. 5'9", 199. Not as small as you might think. All right. Sometimes he's like, he reminds me a lot of Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, when he was coming out of Alabama, everyone was talking about him only being a pass-catching back. 
fast forward, and he doesn't even catch passes anymore. Last year was the first year he caught passes in his career. So just because he caught passes for Alabama doesn't mean that's all he could do. But he is one of the best pass-catching backs in college, the best in college, and maybe one of the best pass-catching backs to ever come out of the draft. In his, in his career, 13.1% target share, which if you want some context, is very big for a running back. He generated a one point a 118.2 quarterback rating when targeted. By the way, these stats, per Matt Ward, you could also get the Jameer Gibbs um, profile on the app. Also, the, the, the comps, we should have mentioned, on the app, comps to five players. Based on a numerous numerous factors, not just he's the same height and weight as this guy, and he kind of looks like him. No, numerous factors, including college production, including a so many things. I'm not going to go into the sauce. I'm not going to show you how the sausage is made. Shout out to Dan Hansis. 103 career receptions, uh, 1,212 yards, eight receiving TDs on 84% catch rate in college. On top of that, he's not just out of the backfield. He ran 10.8% of his routes out of the slot and 15% of his routes out as wide receiver. Now, if you don't know how good those numbers are, they led every running back in the country. On top of that, once he gets the ball, he could do great things with it. He forced 104 missed tackles across three seasons. He boasts a 115.7 elusive rating via PFF and 12,000 I mean, I'm sorry, 12,000. That would have been a lot. 1,292 yards after contact with 3.6 yards after contact per rush attempt. And 4.17 yards after contact per touch. This is a guy who gets the ball and creates. So, he's compared to a bunch of short kings. Maurice Jones-Drew, Felix Jones. Felix Jones had that. Incredible passing profile coming out of Arkansas. Dexter McCluster. Carrion Johnson was another one coming out of Auburn with a great pass-catching resume. Dexter McCluster was one of the better pass-catching backs in the league for a while. That's Everything. Stretch, but... every, I mean, that was he, he played at a time when pass-catching backs weren't all the rage. I, I, would, I would say Dexter McCluster was kind of like, uh, what's his name for Washington? Like a, a like a poor man's. What, why can't I remember the Washington running back's name? Roy Hallou. No, bro. The guy who's on the on the <laughs> team right now. Antonio Gibson. No. The receiving back. JD, JD McKissick. Yeah, JD McKissick. Yeah, he was like JD. He was like JD McKissick for like a poor man's JD McKissick. Either way, this is a guy that I could pair in the backfield with Najee Harris and just watch the fantasy points pour down. Michael, tell me why I'm stupid. Yeah, uh, Tim. How many drafts? Are, Michael like, got so picks? mad at me when I made this. How pick? many like drafts or picks have we selected ever in our in our lives on this show? A lot. Probably like thousands. This might be your stupidest one yet. Wow, you're taking a running back on a team that already has given Najee Harris through his first two seasons 579 rush attempts and 147 targets. In case you're confused. That's over 700 opportunities in two seasons. And now they're going to draft of all of everything they could use. They're going to draft another running back. Yeah. You guys take the pressure off, bro. Because of Deontay Johnson, who didn't catch a touchdown last season. And George Pickens, who has the weirdest standing stance of anyone we've ever seen in our lives. Those are, those are, 
Those are both not even valid criticisms. Those are jokes, of course. Well, zero touchdowns from Deontay Johnson last season. It's not like he had a great season. I think um, he didn't he catch one. No, zero. But nonetheless, another weapon for the questionable Kenny Pickett is also helpful too. Just drafting running back is stupid. This I don't. I'm not in love with any of the wide receivers coming back, and I and I love Jamar Gibbs. I think someone's gonna get a great running is back. It not Jamir. Jameer, Jameer, sorry. And Jameer Gibbs. And I think that he might even go at the end of the first round. I think there might be two running backs selected in the first round this year. We'll see, kid. We'll see. I really do. Put really me on do. the clock, will you? All right. The Steelers are off the clock. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are on the clock. Michael, who are they going with? With the eighth pick of the 2023 Fantasy Fantasy Draft, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select quarterback Will Lovers of out of Kentucky. Look, Will Lovis is the prototypical classic. He has all the tools. He has the size. He's super athletic. Can it translate to a very strong arm? The mobility. Can it translate to an NFL team into a tie end quarterback? The issue with Josh Lovis is that, excuse me, Will Lovis is that he's never really had that much success, even at Penn State and Kentucky. At Penn State, he played behind Sean Clifford, who ended up not doing anything ever in his life, um, his his first two years in college. And then he transfers over to Kentucky, where he goes in his junior season, 2,826 passing yards. 24 touchdowns and 13 interceptions in 13 games. And then his senior season where we know quarterbacks specifically, like if they're producing at a younger age, it's always a good sign. His senior season, 2,406 passing yards in 11 games, 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. These numbers do not jump off the page at all. As everyone loves to do these days when it comes to raw athletic quarterbacks, they like to compare them to Josh Allen, because that's who Josh Allen was, the raw athletic quarterback who in Wyoming as a sophomore went 28 and 15, and then his junior season, just 1,800 passing yards, 16 and 6, was still a seventh overall pick because, man, this guy can throw. Can I can I, can I I say just one thing about Josh Allen before you go on? Pe- a lot of people need to understand when they're making this comparison, Josh Allen played behind statistically the worst Offensive line in college football that season. He was on the run. I, I, when I was on the other show, I, I talked about our favorite quarterback prospects. And I was talking about Josh Allen, and I, I remember distinctly he played behind the worst offensive line in college that year, and was on the run for his life, bro. On the run for his life and making these Josh Allen plays. Now everyone knows what Josh Allen's capable of, but he was making those plays even then. So people need to check themselves before they riggedy wreck themselves when it comes to comparing people to Josh Allen. Just saying. Yeah, he's been the outlier of all outliers, really. But we've also seen the QB position could really be tough to evaluate, right? Like we've seen people take upside shots on these athletic quarterbacks that did not pan out. And then we've seen guys who don't get as much hype really pan out. Like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, let's not forget, he was a 10th overall pick. He went behind Mitchell Trubisky. No one in that draft class no one was like Patrick Mahomes must be the number one overall quarterback. It was like a lot of people thought Mitchell Trubisky was the better bet to Patrick Mahomes. And now Patrick Mahomes is the best QB to ever play. Same thing with Justin Herbert. It was 
tank for Herbert the year prior. And then the next year it was like, oh, who really wants Justin Herbert? There was a lot of people who were didn't think the Chargers made the right choice even drafting him. And now he's one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. So you never really know with these quarterbacks, and that's the issue. Because if they do hit like Josh Allen did, it would be a huge, huge boon for the for the team for years to come. And you could build around that and not have to worry about the quarterback position, which is by far the most important position in the NFL. But with Will Levis here and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, look, they have Baker Mayfield now as the expected starter. Yuck. They still have decent weapons here with Rashad White, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and company. Bring in Will Levis to compete for the job and see if he's able to, uh, you know, to make some noise. Maybe he's trash. Maybe he's good. But a team like the Buccaneers, why not take the shot? Michael, you want to make our first bet of the season? Sure. I bet I bet you that Kyle Trask is the opening day starter for the Buccaneers if they don't drop the quarterback rather than Baker Mayfield. I'll take that bet for sure. All right. First bet in the books. All right. All right. The Washington Commanders are up next. New ownership, but we're going to go to an old friend. Oh, that's Michael. That's Yay. Uh, but we're going to go to an old friend as we uh, play with the, the YouTube, youtube.com slash Broder Fantasy, by the way. Look, remember the good old days when we had Chris Cooley? Well, we're going back to that because I'm drafting the tight end here. If we're looking at the quarterback position, Top four quarterbacks already off the board. Probably would have went Will Levis here if he was available. If you look at the wide receiver position, top two wide receivers are off the board in an underwhelming wide receiver draft. And we already have two very rock-solid receivers in Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin. Then you got the running backs. The top two running backs are on the board. No one seems to be really a consensus on who the, the third running back is. I'm going to skip on all those guys, and I'm going to go with the best tight end on the board, and that's Dalton Kincaid uh, out of Utah State. Beautiful uh, name. Yeah, great name. Um, His biggest comp is Heath Miller, which is something you definitely like to see. Uh, But he's the best receiving draft in the uh, – receiving tight end in the draft. Uh, Has a hole in the roster that gets filled here. Um, I think that it really – I think Hendon Hooker was in the consideration. A lot of people like Hendon Hooker. Uh, but for me, I'm going to go with the guy who is a t- is the tight end, the best receiving tight end in the draft. He has a lot of TJ Hawkinson in him. Uh, not as good as a blocker, but I think that that's, that actually like plays in his favor. Uh, so yeah, for the, for the Washington commanders, Dalton Kincaid is my pick here. And it, I just realized it was just me on the screen saying that the entire time. And I didn't even say I didn't even put the thing up. Oh yeah, yeah. What is what is this? What is this nonsense, Michael? How do you let me do this? You know, you you sometimes you struggle. <laughs> you got to you got to work through the struggle. <laughs> You're up next. Um, with the next pick, I, I mean, I I was gonna say Dalton Kincaid. Oh, eh. I probably would have went the wide receiver route, but what are you gonna do? Now I'll go because you know I can't miss a chance to shit on you a little bit. With the tenth pick of the 2023 fantasy fantasy draft, the Chicago Bears select wide receiver Quentin Johnston, TCU. Look, Quentin Johnston is the perennial hyped-up TCU wide receiver, um, but this time I think it's uh, a little bit more reasonable because this guy is an absolute 
ginormous behemoth of a human. He's six foot three, nearly two hundred pounds, and he he made some very very big plays for TCU over his tenure there. During his freshman season, twenty two catches, four hundred eighty seven yards, and two touchdowns. Like I said, it's nice to see some freshman um, productivity. Clearly, he showed he was a downfield threat from the jump. His sophomore season, 33 receptions, 634 yards, and six touchdowns. And then his junior season, his best season to date, um, by a counting stats standpoint, 60 receptions, 1,069 receiving yards, and six touchdowns. Look, these numbers don't jump off the page, but... He is a he's a big man. He gets downfield. He was cl- the clear top asset for TCU, and it's not like TCU uh, had. It, look, I know who was it last? Josh Jackson, Jalen Rager is giving a bad taste for TCU wide receivers, and there there are multiple red flags when it comes to a guy like Quentin Johnson. It's not just the fact that he has been at TCU; it's the fact that he dropped quite a bit of balls. I know people like to say drops aren't super important, but you know, dra- you'd like to see him. And not only that, he dropped the 50-50s. Like, if you're yeah. going to be that big, you got to be excel at 50-50s, and he does not. Yeah, his route tree was fairly limited as well. Um, he did not get a lot of separation. And as Matt likes to point out, which is one of his favorite uh, favorite stats here, less than one yard per team pass attempt, which is typically a marker that the best of the best wide receivers surpass fairly easily. Um, he's so Quentin Johnson is another one of these guys that he's not, maybe he's not NFL ready right away, but he has upside. And if he is able to put it together, he could be a very big asset for a team. And the fact, the reason I put him here with Chicago bears, because look, they need a number one type wide receiver, like Darnell Mooney and company. They, it's not like they have DJ Moore. Yeah, DJ Moore, but DJ Moore isn't that ginormous, huge, like downfield threat. He's more of a so possession you want, type. You wide want like a big body to go with your little, your little speedsters. Yeah, give me one of those like Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, those big body, get the ball downfield type guys. Um, but yeah, DJ Moore is obviously a, a nice addition. But I think adding Quentin Johnson here, if they really believe Justin Fields is the answer, um, then give him another weapon and see what he's able to do. So I'm giving him Quentin Johnston and seeing if they could make make some magic happen in Chicago, in the Windy City. All right, next up, the New Orleans Saints. And look, if there's a match that I like the most of all the matches I made, I think this is the best match. Um, with the 11th I mean, pick. you've made some trash um, matches. Michael, so. you, my players are better than your players. Like, I will put my team up against your team, and we'd win. My picks. I have Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, and Dalton Kincaid. We're whooping that ass. What are, you, what, what, what are you doing here? What does this have to do with anything? We're talking about, like, team fits and shit. Yeah. Here's the names of, like, the list of the players. Because my what players, are doing are, I'm doing better than you. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, with the 11th pick in the fantasy fantasy draft, the New Orleans Saints select wide receiver Boston College Zay Flowers. Um, Zay baby. This is a classic uh, player was better than the team uh, situation. But even at Boston College, where he was playing with horrendous, horrendous quarterbacks, according to Matt Ward, he generated QB ratings of one point uh, 114 as a freshman. 103.5 as a sophomore, 
and 106.1 as a senior. Uh, considering the um, the talent level of the quarterbacks at Boston College, that is a remarkable thing. And he completely dominated everything. He accounted for 57% of his team's receiving touchdowns in 2022, uh, in 2022 and 44.4% of their total touchdowns. Literally almost half the time they got in the end zone, it was Zay, Fl Zay Flowers. And he looks good on tape. He looks good on the he looked good in the combine. Uh, his comps on the Brodo app are half good, half bad. Jahan Dotson, a guy who was kind of in that similar situation at Penn State, is his number one comp. And then you, uh, uh, Sterling Shepard, who is you know he's good when he plays. Dante Pettis, definitely definitely a bust. Denzel Mims, a bust so far. Titus Young, a bust so far. So not, not five, great. yeah, five nine, one eighty two. These are not great comps for Zay Flowers, but. Uh, if you're looking at raw talent, I think Zay Flowers has it. And if you're looking at the team, you got Derek Carr uh, coming in and you have Chris Olave and getting him another speedy guy to compliment him that the way Jarvis Landry was supposed to last year in Zay Flowers coming out of the slot, sometimes coming out of the outside. I think that that's a great fit here. So with the Saints pick, I'm going Zay Flowers for my final pick. The uh, All picks, all picks that I made better than Michael's. Not For sure. too shabby. 1,000%. Yes, you're the best. The best there ever was. You are the greatest. Thank Is you that what you want to hear, Tim? Thank you for admitting it finally. Boy, how boring would this podcast be if that's how we were? Anyways, let's finish this you bad boy to? off. You, I guess, or the people. Yeah, I mean, here, we... people. Michael was waiting there like someone was going to respond. Like, what are you talking about? You're talking to the people. You're talking to the the... The great beyond. You're talking to the cyberspace. You're talking to the AI created generated uh, listeners. Yeah, that uh, means I, that means in like four days they'll probably be responding because damn, is that moving fast? <laughs> yo, it, yo, it, it, I don't even know what I'm talking about. AI, AI scares the fucking shit out of me. Sorry, All right, I, I almost want a whole tangents, Tim. Tangents. <sighs> Let me finish this bad boy off with the final pick of the 2023 fantasy fantasy draft. The Arizona Cardinals select running back. Zach Charbonnet, UCLA. Interesting here because you had a pick of a lot of running backs, a lot of guys that uh, they like better. So why Charbonnet? Yeah, Zach Charbonnet seems to be the consensus type or at least like the most popular third running back of the running backs here. Um, certainly behind um, Bijan Robinson, Mostly behind Jameer Gibbs. I've seen a couple people kind of put him up there, but that that's not going to happen. Zach Charbonnet has had a solid, solid career um, collegiately. In Michigan, as a freshman, 149 rushing yards and 726 rushing yards. Excuse me, 149 attempts and 726 rushing yards and 11 touchdowns. And he got injured in 2020, only ended up with 19 um, rush attempts. And then he transfers to UCLA where he goes 203 attempts, 1,137 rushing yards, and 13 touchdowns. And then in his final season as a senior, the biggest aspect here, one, 195 rushing yards and 1,359 yards rushing. So seven yards per attempt and 14 touchdowns, both career highs. But the biggest thing here was that he went 37 receptions and 321 rushing yards, putting himself on the map as a possible pass-catching weapon in the NFL as well. That was certainly a a concern here, but Zach Charbonnet profiles as a, a pretty solid um, running back in the NFL. His player comps, Michael Carter, Nick Chubb, Alexander Madison, James White, and Eddie Lacy. Not really gross. any huge busts there. What do you mean gross? What do you mean not any huge busts there? 
Okay, Michael Carter had a decent rookie season. He wasn't Stop. great last season. Nick Chubb's Nick Chubb. Okay. Alexander Madison's one of the best backups in the league. Great. James White. 12th pick. James White was very solid. Product of the system. And Eddie Lacy, before he wouldn't stop eating cheeseburgers, had a few very good seasons. Bro, I I found this. Uh, here's this uh this Instagram po- post of um, like it was a there was you know one of those countdowns best players, and his he was on the countdown. He's like number eighty, and they just show mad like mad like clips of his teammate Mike Daniels going run fat boy run. Run, fat boy, and then he cuts to Mike Daniels. Like, yeah, you know, I call him fat boy. I tell him to run. And just they just they use the word fat boy like ten times in that thing. Like, Jesus, I get it. He's fat. Okay, what are you gonna do? His life, Tim. <laughs> okay. Um. With that being said, yeah, I think it makes it makes sense for him to land in Arizona. We know that they want to really make the make the running back position work in that offense. You've seen James Conner have a huge season two years ago and a very good second half this past season as well. And look, the the Cardinals are like a bit of a mess right now. They're kind of like a, a joke of a team, if we're being honest, from what they were supposed to be with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray to who they are now. I'm not giving them another pass-catching weapon. I just thought that was annoying. So I gave them Zach Charbonnet kind of – be the guy who takes over for James Connor um, in that backfield as they try to figure out what their, you know, what their plan is on offense and defense. And if they're going to be a rebuilding team or a team that tries to recover very quickly from where they've fallen, because not a great position to be the Arizona Cardinals right now. I listen to a podcast called around the NFL. It's about the NFL. As you might imagine, and uh, they're they they have a they talk they say it's the bird's nest, the Cardinals, and then they play a, a graphic of a like birds chirping, and then someone going rawr, 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 and just like taking down the entire tree. It's hilarious. They're they are an absolute mess right now. Um, speaking of which, it's me, it's Michael, and we went an hour and fifteen. Michael, you probably pissed at me. Yeah, uh, what are you gonna do? Tis life. All right, Michael, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. At Brodo FF Tim. Go see our YouTube channel, Brodo Fantasy. You can see our sure. ads right there. At Brodo FF Jason. At Brodo FF Casanova. At Brodo FF Psych Ward FF. Um, BrodoFantasy.com. Fantasy Football by Brodo app. At FF by Brodo on Twitter. Although Twitter. At Brodo Fantasy and all the other uh, media outlets. Yeah. With that being said, Michael. If you had to pick a tostada, mm, tostada is delicious. Tostada or tortilla. Rest of your life, you could only have one regular tortilla, tostada. What are you picking? Probably go tostada. Really? Yeah. I think it's an easy tortilla. You could just make a tortilla into a tostada. I mean, that's like saying, are we talking about do you like, want, do you want like, Jelly or do you want grapes? Like you know, I could just make grapes into jelly. But isn't it t- 